Hello, everybody. Welcome to an episode of Elixir Mix. I'm your host, uh, Alan Wyma. And today on the panel, we have Adi Iyengar. Hello. And that's it for this week. We thought with kind of the upcoming code beam happening in Berlin this year in October, right? So it's coming up quite quick, about the mid to, yeah, the middle of October. So I think it's the 20th and 21st of October, if I remember correctly. You know, we thought we'd talk about previous code beams and other conferences in Elixir. I think we just had Elixir cons, right? The videos just came out. I've been watching those. Yeah. I haven't been to any beam conferences ever. Oh, no, sorry. I went to one other conference in my life. It was actually in Taiwan. It was Elixir and Ruby conference. It was a very weird conference, right? Because uh, <laughs> Taiwan has this... Well, it's kind of interesting because, you know, Taiwan's very close to Japan. And that's obviously where the creator of Ruby lives and from. And Taiwan has a weird history with Japan, right? So a lot of their, there's a lot of Japanese influence because of the history. And there's a lot of Ruby developers in Taiwan. So they did this Ruby plus Elixir thing. And I think like 95% of the people there were all for Ruby, including two of my colleagues that went with me over there. But I was totally there just for uh, Elixir. So it was nice. Nice. They was there. Got to meet him. And nobody else I can remember that was kind of up in, in the community at the time. Like there was no Chris McCord or anybody else that I could remember. But of course, uh, like I said, Matt's was there. Uh, his crew was there. <laughs> he had this like entourage of uh, other Japanese uh, developers with him. So it was quite interesting. Nice. I still remember like one thing stuck into my head, right? Like basically, as I said, 95% of the people there were all for Ruby. Matt grabs his lunch. I think we all had like a tray lunch and, and we ate in like a cafeteria kind of setting. And he's looking around like, where should he sit? And he looked like like your first day in a new school. You know, you, you don't know where to sit. You don't know which table will accept you. <laughs> And, and I'm thinking to myself, like, you guys, like, you have the creator of Ruby here, your favorite programming language. This is what everybody comes here for nearly. And you don't want to eat with this guy. You don't ask him to sit down. <laughs> so I flagged him down and he sat next to me and I had a very awesome lunch with the creator of Ruby, which I'm still a fan of Ruby. But like, I was just surprised nobody took the opportunity just to flag him down and say, hey, sit over here. You know, let's let's wrap. Right. So that was, it was quite interesting. You know, it was very weird. Thanks. Uh, I mean, Adi, you've been to a lot of conferences, I think, in the Beam community, right? Yeah, yeah, a few. Yeah, it's. I've been to very few non-Beam conferences. Most of the conferences I've been to are Beam-related. But yeah, I mean, similar experience really. Even for eating lunch, though, everyone does kind of scramble around where should we sit and all that. In my in my experience, people are very people like even if they see someone kind of wandering around, they do call them. Hey, come sit with us. Like, let's talk. Luckily, in my first the first Elixir conference I went to in 2017, I got to sit one of the the second day of lunch. I got to sit with Jose <laughs> in the same table. I didn't speak a single word because I was like so nervous, but I just got to hear him speak and he kind of absorb all of his energy. But yeah, similar experience in the Elixir conference too with the lunch table first day at school thing. Yeah, I mean, you still know where to sit, right? Because I don't know if you went there with anybody else, but if you go there alone, like you don't know. I was alone, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you don't like you don't really know. And obviously, like you said, you, you know, these kind of quote unquote, you know, heroes, right? That Right, right. You know, like Jose is probably way up there, of course, because he kind of created everything. Yeah, I think one thing that the last day of the conference, Jose was like leaving after kind of like, or he, you know, he was he was leaving after he gave his final talk the last talk of the conference and he wasn't you know kind of waiting to hang out he had to leave somewhere but i remember i just caught him after his talk and i was one of the last people in the queue of people waiting to talk to him and we were talking about a few other things and like toe configurations and he's like you know what there's a couple of people behind you let them come and talk and we'll just like talk for a while so he stayed like half hour longer just to talk and actually just 
having the opportunity to talk with him. And I was like new at that time. I was still a junior engineer in 20, 2017, I guess like mid-level, whatever you want to call it. Like, and yeah, getting an opportunity to talk to literally like my, one of my tier A <laughs> heroes, it was like pretty, it was pretty, pretty epic. And that too, like he himself took time out of his busy schedule. He was going to leave early and he took time out just to talk to configurations. Those was on the time when they were thinking of redoing configurations. And I think I struck a chord with them, but yeah, he, yeah, I, I was so encouraged and so motivated when I came back from the conference and it's like, you know what? I'm going to do better. I'm going to learn more. I spoke to all these people. Jose is just one example. I spoke to all of these amazing people who I know of. I've heard their talks before. And it took me a second to open up. But when I opened up, they were listening to me. That means I must have something at least half decent to say, right? And I think that's the, it, it's a really good way to fight that imposter syndrome, get more confidence and motivation to come and work harder. So, yeah. Well, that's the nice part. It's basically, most people in the community are really open to talk, especially yeah. those that you see are, as are quote unquote up there. Uh, they do want to get a lot of feedback. I'm trying to think if there's ever been a time where, like, you know, maybe they didn't want to hear feedback. I, I don't know. Like for me, it seems like they're always open to talking about it. You know, these kind of things. And I feel like a lot of the a lot of these kind of people are always like maybe they don't know how to have like a, what we call you know chit chat. But if you talk about technology, then they open up because obviously this is what they're really yeah. into, right? Yeah, yeah, or, for sure. Into woodworking. I think Chris McCord's also into that too. <laughs> If I remember correctly, that's what he's been doing. I didn't know that. Nice. Yeah. I think he posted a bunch of pictures online uh, quite some time ago. Ah. But, uh, I, I don't think he's into like squat. He, he was at least when I used to run Boston Alexa Meetup and he came to give a talk once about Phoenix again, 2017, end of 2017. He wasn't into like squatting a lot at that time. He had just, he was like, I think he, I remember him like joking because he, like during the talk and throughout that entire meetup of all the conversations, like there were at least 20 references to squatting. I'm like, dude, like, do you do anything else besides just doing squats? <laughs> Obviously, squatting the exercise, right? Yeah, 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 right, right. Like the weightlifting, exactly. Yeah. Sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, I just want to make sure I understood. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess if you pay attention to their talks, you start to learn more more about their their hobbies. Hobbies, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, I actually I just came back from another conference, and and I, and because I know some of the people there for that conference, like some of the people who were involved, I definitely <laughs> got a lot of the inside jokes that you could see in their demos. Because you know it's always tricky to come up with these demo code for the slides, right? And so you read you read it, and you're like, oh, I know who that guy is. Oh, I know that that's his nickname. That's why they put that there. Nice. So it's kind of funny these inside things. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever had a, a bad experience trying to talk with somebody at a conference. It, and I think, I don't think anybody was ever, what do you call it, like like in a rush to leave or whatever. So that's, that's another interesting thing that you brought up about what Jose. Yeah, I think most people in Elixir community are pretty good. I've had a couple of bad experiences. I don't want to like, you know, paint a nicer picture than reality, obviously. So, you know, if some, someone listening, try, you do approach people, you know, maybe maybe do a little bit of research on how they interact online. There are some people, it's very obvious, you know, based on their interactions, the likelihood that they might be mean to you or something. But yeah, I mean, Jose and uh, we've had Andrea, you know, these guys are like very nice, uh, unbelievably nice. Like, so yeah, they make you feel so respected, heard. Yeah, I don't know. If, I think Andrea will be there in the score beam, right? So yeah, I'm jealous. Alan, I'll get to meet him. But yeah, I'd, I'll definitely try to talk to him too. He's, he's a, another phenomenal uh, engineer people can approach and uh, <laughs> he'll probably get mad at me for like pushing everyone his way but but uh, he he loves talking to people and like you know loves uh talking about like engineering coding elixir yeah we had him on a show recently right yeah yeah i think uh, like last month or something yeah 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 okay well then he already knows who i am so it won't be too creepy when i say hello <laughs> i just can imagine i guess that they're used to it you know like if somebody knew my name or 
because actually, uh, because I do some other podcasting, right? I had this interesting experience at this last conference I went to that was not Elixir, where this guy, it was like a movie. He kind of came up to me and he was like, had his hands kind of grouped together and smiling very wide. He's like, I always listen to your podcast. And I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> it was just like very sudden, you know? Wow. Uh, so I can imagine... Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I try to step back, and 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 of course, I, I don't. You know, I just say, okay, yeah, you know, we're all can be a little bit awkward sometimes. But I wasn't expecting somebody to recognize me, you know, because yeah, this is mostly through audio, right? Same here, man. Same here. It happened to me. I think a couple of people at my work recognized me through my voice. Like, oh, I've heard that voice somewhere. Oh, you're Ari from Alex and Alex. But yeah, I think it's very because I mean. Definitely, we are not, you know, we're not like, I mean, I don't want to speak for you either, Alan, but I mean, we're not like, you know, like uh, Elixir core engineers or we don't, you know, we're not like, I don't put myself in like anywhere close to those guys. But like, it feels good that, you know, I think people to listen to us, like we have at least contributed in whatever little way we can. And yeah, yeah. And I, I don't want to also like speak for you, Alan, but I'm sure you know, you'd be happy to talk to people, listen to the podcast and just like discuss. I mean, you have so much experience, you have a lot more experience than me in engineering. So I'm sure you can give people career advice and stuff too. Too, so yeah so people hit alan up <laughs> yeah sadly i didn't prepare stickers though but uh <laughs> yeah oh, we still have time to get that ready oh do we i mean i guess i can as china's right next door i suppose i could get some <laughs> yeah actually i think i have some stickers that's a good point maybe i could get some stickers done people go crazy about stickers right isn't that kind of the big thing about conferences getting stickers it is it is one of the when i went in 2018 i went with a friend and he had no stickers on his computer when he went to the conference and or when we came back, there was literally no room for a new sticker. So yeah, it is all about stickers. But do people's laptops really have like a ton of stickers on them, and you can't even see like the the, the original like laptop underneath it, or, or no? Because I always see like, in my like, experience, yeah, like, yes, you've seen it like at conferences, always like that, right? Yeah, I've never seen that in any other place. <laughs> I mean, I I see it, I see it more. Uh, it could be more cultural too. Like many people in the US, I, I, I do see, I wouldn't say like 10% of the engineers I work with have a shit ton of stickers on their laptop. I just, I just like to keep it more clean. So I'm not a big sticker guy, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's like also, I can understand, man. You know, you're proud to, you're proud of the fact that you use Alexa, proud of the fact that it's growing. You're proud of the fact that you went to a conference where literally the quality of talks in an Alexa conference, you go to like any other specific language conferences, there's like no comparison. So yeah, I, you should be proud of using Elixir. And yeah, you should, if sticker is your thing, go for it. <laughs> I mean, is there any general etiquette you think that we should have like when we're attending conferences? Because we did want to talk about like attending conferences in Elixir or just in general. Like, is there some kind of etiquette we should have when we... That's a great... That that's a great question. I, I think one thing I definitely do is obviously before approaching people, read about them a little bit, especially if they're like, you know, they just gave a talk, like just, just look them up, go to their website. It's always good to like know a little bit about them so you don't confuse them with someone else, obviously, right? That's like very embarrassing. I've, I have seen it. I was in a queue waiting to talk to uh, one, one of those speakers. I'm not going to embarrass them. But the person before me completely confused them with someone else. It was like, yeah, it was really sad. So make sure to do that. Always approach. If, if you're not talking to them after like their talk or something, if you're just like approaching them if, for lunch or if they're just walking, make sure to ask them if they have time, right? Basic etiquettes, right? Hey, do you have a few minutes? Don't just like rush in there with their questions. I know people get excited to see some some of the heroes, like Alan said, but it's also important to like kind of respect their time, make sure they're actually free and available to speak to you. Yeah. And take time, like if, if you're going to the conference, right? If you're going to this conference, make a list of people you want to talk to. Make a list of questions and topics 
topics you want to talk about, right? It's always good to have specific things to start things off. It's not that they will not talk to you if you don't have something specific, but it, it's always good to have an ice-breaking question. And off of that, you can branch off and, you know, like get, you know, you can get, you can talk about personal things too, but it's good to always talk about something that's like common that that person is comfortable talking about. So, yeah. So to, 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 to conclude, make sure about the person, <laughs> obviously research who or who they are, what they did, have specific questions ready before the conference if you intend on approaching them. And when you do approach them, ask them if they have a few minutes, uh, basic uh, courtesy, basic etiquette. Well, I mean, you're talking about like know something about these, the people you're going to approach, right? Yeah. Uh, there probably should be some limits about what you do know. information that's right okay like okay this is your address you know something yeah have you ever seen this guy called nardwar you know this guy no okay so his name is john rush ruskin i just found out his real name i was just looking him up just to Mm. make sure i got the name right so his name is nardwar n-a-r-d-w-u-a-r he he gets these interviews with famous people and he knows all these crazy random facts about people and he's like hey do you remember this and do you know that and they're like how do you know about that? And how did you do that? And like, oh man, that's you, creepy. You'd be, it's like, well, sometimes it's creepy, but it's more so like, he doesn't ask them like, oh, you know, I know which bedroom is, is yours. Like which window is your bedroom? You know, like, but he'll say, like, he'll be like, hey, do you, you know, like here's some gum. And it was like gum that's like no longer produced, but it was like their childhood favorite. And you're like, oh, right. how did you, like, it's like that kind of thing. And he would be like, yeah, yeah. I heard that you love this gum. It's your favorite gum when you grew up. And so we actually found some. Maybe you don't want to chew it, but because it's so old, you know, like something like that. But we found this and we heard it's your favorite when you were growing up. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, I remember this. And it, like that kind of thing was quite interesting. But no, I think it's good to kind of you know, familiarize yourself with, like you said, who they are, what's their, their position. and Like their professional exactly contribution. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also if it's after their talk, like if you have something that's related, I'm sure they're very happy to talk about that. Yeah. Oh, another quick hack. Besides the keynote, morning talks, trust me, I know they start late. They don't start like early morning, right? Still, people get up late. Morning talks yeah, are more likely to find you know, an opportunity to talk to people after the morning talks than late afternoon and evening talks. So yeah, make sure if one of the people you want to talk to is speaking in the morning, all the conference folks make sure, try their best to schedule them to the afternoon talks. But if if they're in the morning, hit them up because people are lazy. Even some of the very good speakers will have only 70% or even 50% of the audience there. And you have have your opportunity to ask questions even during the talk, especially after the talk, you'll have opportunities to talk with them. So yeah. You mean like for them to prepare their topics and everything, right? Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. I meant like uh, you know, if you want to approach someone after their talk, this and if they're like you know one of the bigger, more popular people, usually there'll be a line of people you have to wait, right? You, you, it might oh, even end up with you missing the next talk or whatever. There's less likely for a longer line to be there in a morning talk because it's less people attending the talk than the okay. afternoon talk or evening talk. Yep. <laughs> Besides the keynote, obviously. Well, I'm kind of curious about what is your thought about this. But when I went to one conference, I felt like almost every... Actually, when I went to a couple of last conferences, I felt like almost every speaker needed more time to work on their their PowerPoint or even their code demo. So I'm kind of thinking like maybe it's also good not to approach people before their talk. Oh, not before. Yeah, definitely not before. I meant like after. Yeah, for sure after. Um, Yeah, I think I think before the talk, you'll probably see them practicing and hooking up their uh, computer, like pulling up their code and stuff. Uh, I mean, morning talks again. If this is the first talk of the day, it's also kind of like first real test of the HDMI cords and all the uh, stuff. Like there was a problem with one of my talks where uh, we were having uh, we were having problems with the clicker. 
with my computer. It was just literally not working. So I had to change the way I was talking. I know it happens quite a bit. So yeah, definitely don't approach anyone before the talk. Yeah, glad, glad you brought that up. <laughs> yeah, because it's always been my experience. And like, like the last conference I went to, one guy was like, oh, I found a bug in my code. I got to get this to the, like the guy who's in charge <laughs> of all the PowerPoints. He's like, uh, looking for the guy where, oh, I got to get this to him. It's a big problem. Uh, <laughs> so like even, yeah, you know, sometimes it's like that. Like you have to prepare. Like you may not come up there with your own computer, right? You may come up there with, you may be doing, you may have to transfer it with a USB and everything. Yeah. Oh, man. But I mean, how about like lunch period, right? Is that, I mean, is that a good time to to approach people? Like should you like seek people to, to sit with or yeah. you know, how, how do you handle that? Yeah, definitely see people to sit with. Um, get there early. And if you find someone, obviously ask them if you can sit. No one will say no. But yeah, it's it's best, the best part of conferences is during the lunchtime or right after the day is over, right? So you can actually talk. I mean, talks the talks themselves are good, but I, I don't think you like... At least I've always believed you. You're not gonna like. It's something's gonna, nothing's gonna change your life when you watch the talk live. At the very least, you can watch it like later on YouTube and stuff, right? The the really thing about conferences is to get yourself motivated, make yourself feel like you're part of the community. You know, you you're part of the conversation. Yeah, get get yourself excited with the actual talks, but then have conversations outside of the talk with all these people learn about how they approach learning and bruce state will bruce state be there he usually attends the eu one i don't know if he's there i would definitely hit him up like he he's speaking with him is so motivating like definitely hit him up yeah and whoever is a hero right like just try to try to try to approach them people are very nice but obviously make sure you research them make sure they're not like known to be rude there are some people in the community who are who are rude so make sure they're not one of them <laughs> i didn't know there was anybody i mean we're allowed to say who it is or that's i'm not gonna say i'm own. not gonna say who it is no but i have had two specific experiences where it was uh yeah particularly i was very taken aback by uh people's rudeness and i literally learned that they are it's something they have a history of and I should have definitely checked before talking to them. So, wow. yeah, I mean, what if you guys you can take with? it. <laughs> How do you even check this kind of stuff? Now you got there, me curious. There's like Reddit and Twitter threads you can check. Other people who know about them told me later, oh yeah, that guy's an ass. Don't you, you, you should not have even like talked this or spoken to him or something like that. So, yeah, I'm talking about like serial rude people like who have a, who have a history of being rude, right? So like those, uh, yeah, I, I, if you know, you know. Make sure you, uh, there's like few people who are like that. I'm not going to name them. So, yeah. I'll be asking you after this. Now you got me curious. <laughs> I think I know of one person. I think I know which area. one you know of. And I think, yes, that person is in that category. Yes. <laughs> okay. I, I've had interesting experience with him, but I, I never felt he was rude. But maybe maybe it just didn't didn't happen at that time. Yeah, I'm not saying they're always like, rude, but yeah, it's just a likelihood, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think he's got a strong personality. And like, I was actually a little bit sad by some of the things he said because he kind of like Dish was saying not, some not so nice stuff about the things that I thought were good. He was like, mm. oh, that's, I think it's kind of crap. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I felt yeah. like a little bit bad because I have a lot of respect for him. But yeah, I mean, I think it's just strong personality and maybe people think not too much, but I don't know. Yeah. I, now I'm really curious who else it could be. I just tried looking up rude people on Elixir and didn't anything, so. <laughs> I'll, I'll try some more. Maybe we should start a GitHub repo. Screw <laughs> people. No, no, no I'm kidding. I was thinking like, isn't there like a, there was a website called uh, ratemyprofessor.com where you can see if the professors. Uh, mm, rate professors, my alchemists. So. 
Nice. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's still around, I think, right, my professor? I think it is, yeah. For doctors and stuff like that. Nice. That would be interesting to see. I mean, I can imagine a couple interesting posts on there. I think... um, Uncle Bob is definitely on there if you know who he is. Yep. People have a lot of interesting things to say about him. Right. And again, just to be clear, like the people have different personalities, right? And I'm not saying anyone is particularly like bad or something, right? It's just that they have a tendency to be rude for whatever reason. It might be in rush or whatever, right? Like different people handle things differently. And you should approach whoever you want to approach. I'm just giving you a heads up that, you know, when you do meet someone who you really like, who, whose work you really like, whose libraries you really use, it could, you know, yeah, just be prepared if they do have a history of being rude. I'm not saying don't approach them. I don't want to isolate anyone or something, right? Like, and 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 no one in like secondary like is like particularly bad as a person, at least that I know of. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, most people are really nice. Like approach Jose. He's he's a, he's such a sweetheart. He's he's very nice. Every time I've talked to him, he I was very surprised. He actually remembered me from our 2017 interaction. The next time I spoke to him, two years later, it, it just shows you that he actually cared. He remembered a rando junior engineer who knew nothing was talking to him about stuff in a conference two years ago and he remembered me it just it just shows just how nice he is as a person and same goes for everyone in the core team ecto core team i I think it's part of i think the core team requirements as andrea said right like they want to have nice people on so yeah anyone in the core team i'm pretty sure they're really nice like everyone i've interacted with are just such nice people very humble people yeah, I, I can't think of anybody in the core team or of any of the major projects that are, yeah, that have had any bad experiences with. But yeah, I mean, like there was literally this this guy who came from Java and I I remember him in our, in the Boston Lexa meetup, like kind of being like borderline rude to Chris and Chris was with a smile was saying, yeah, I know it's not perfect. It's like, yeah, your router module is terrible. He was like, and Chris like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm so sorry. Like, dude, <laughs> This so he's so nice that like, like a, a random guy just is coming and complaining to this guy about an open source project he built that everyone uses and he's just like humbly saying, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the inconvenience for how terrible they are. I'm like, anyway, this is just a, that's a level of niceness of these folks that I'm talking about. Everyone's just like really, really nice. So this Java guy came to the, the meetup and was saying bad things about Phoenix? Yeah, to Chris's face. <laughs> I mean, I, it's always okay to give criticism, but I guess it depends on what you were saying. It sounds like he was saying just straight negative things. With no I think he was just back. mad. He was just mad. Yeah. yeah. I think that sounds kind of familiar, to be honest. This happened in person? Like you were there or what? Yeah, it was in, in person. Yeah. No, I, I was there. I was organizing the meetup. Yeah, I was there. It's This is a story that has been discussed a few times. I'm sure you, I mean, you might have heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> It's a known story. Well I, well, I remember like there was some guy in the Alexa community who wrote like a lot of Java books and he was complaining about something in Phoenix, like the documentation is not good or, or something. Like I, I can't remember. What? Yeah, I remember, I remotely remember this person because I used to hang out on Elixir Slack for a, a long time. Huh. He was, like I said, he, he was known in Java and for some reason he was playing around with Elixir. And I do remember he did have a lot of like complaints. And, and I think that's a little bit of the wrong attitude sometimes. I mean, I think yeah. before you have complaints, I think you need to kind of get into the way things are done because things every community is going to be different, right? Right. I think it is a different instance. I, think, I don't think this guy wrote books or anything. I think he was just an opinionated person. I think he came from Java and joined an Elixir shop and he was doing Elixir and he his critique was the way Phoenix itself is written. The 
level of metaprogramming. And I mean, to be fair, I mean, the router module is obviously very hard to wrap your head around, right? But I mean, it works. It's been working for a while. Everyone uses it. And the guy actually wrote it. You know, it's for free. It's open source. Like, you can't go and like yell at the person who wrote this. Chris McCourt can get, he always tries to go to a place where he can work at least part of his job on Phoenix, right? If he did not, he removed it as a requirement, he could get a lot more money, right? So he is effectively losing money to maintain Phoenix for the community, right? He wants to give back. For a person like that, you can't just like be rude and say, hey, your router module is terrible. Like, come on, man, build build a tenth of Phoenix first. Anyway, I, I was getting pissed for Chris and Chris completely held his calm. He, with a smile, he literally said, yeah, I'm sorry. It's, it, yeah, I know it's bad. Like, come on, man. <laughs> That's just like next level niceness, you know? I mean, do you at least have anything valid to say about about the router module, why it was bad? Or I mean, it's very, it's very heavy in metaprogram. I think he was talking about specifically how the routes get compiled. It is, like I said, it is very, it is very weirdly written in some ways, but hey, you know, it's a, it is it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, you know, I saw a little bit of, you reminded me of something I saw on Twitter where somebody was saying something about, I kind of want to look it up because it was very interesting. He was saying some not so good stuff about Phoenix and then uh, Chris replied and he was saying, oh yeah, it's kind of hacky. This is kind of jank or something. And he's like, well, what do you think is better? And the guy didn't really have an answer. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I think this is all right then, you know, like, sure, it could be better, but you know, like, I don't have any ideas. Like what? What do you think? Something like that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I have ideas how to make it better, right? But I, it is it needed right now? N- no, it is not needed. There is so much work to do, and the if you rewrite the way router works even while trying to keep the interface the same, it could have side effects you don't know of right now. It's not, it's not, it's not worth investing so much time into right now. And even if it is, right, it, it just being rude about it is the worst thing to do. And again, I was just giving as an example, you know, like if, if Chris is coming to that conference, I'm not sure if he is. Don't feel any hesitation towards approaching him. He's a very nice person. Yeah, I might do that. I mean, it would be nice to, I mean, they did some really awesome stuff recently with, with the uh, the release of Phoenix O twenty O, so like the 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 assigned async. It's funny because like we were just doing quite a bit of this in in Elixir, or sorry, uh, by hand. Like basically the stuff that he was talking about. Hmm. Sorry, I'm not totally focusing because I really want to look up that that kind of argument because it's bugging me right now. <laughs> Well, yeah, there was there was something. I mean, basically, we were doing what he was talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, this is what it, this was what was said. He basically said that this is the most unhinged line of code in your Phoenix project, and he pointed to the uh, verified routes. And Chris basically just said that's the way it goes when collaborating on literally anything you don't own. At least Phoenix gives you that luxury. Basically, you can change it if you don't like it. Is what I yeah. what he basically said. I don't know what what that even means by unhinged. Who was the who was the person or what? Isaac Yanamoto. I think he's a big person who's in, uh, well, I mean, by big, I mean, like he's big into, like, um, if I remember correctly who this is. I think he's really big into Zig and Elixir, if you know who I'm talking about. Got it. Yeah, if you know who I'm talking about. I don't. Might. Okay. Okay, well, what, yeah, what I mean. What mean? Unhinged, by the way. I, I don't understand what the hell that means in that case. I don't know. I, th- I think people just use that word wrongly. <laughs> But yeah, yeah and I, I use the word wrongly wrong just now. But anyway, whatever. <laughs> oh, mentally unbalanced or deranged. Well, that's pretty. That's pretty brutal. Yeah, but but how that. how can a how can a way of writing code be unhinged? The person must be unhinged who wrote it. <laughs> anyway, I mean, it's there, just there is some unhinged code out there that I've seen, but I don't think the use verify routes thing is something that's quote unquote unhinged. But to, to each their own. That's the nice part about code. It's basically art. Everybody has a different opinion about it. Yeah, exactly. 
calling something crazy is definitely not worth it's too much it's also the status quo phoenix is something that the entire community uses you're literally saying the major, vast majority of people who do who do elixir are unreasonable by calling something that's like adopted by the community so bad anyway i have strong opinions on strong opinions <laughs> People should people should be more flexible about these things. I was going to actually mention one more thing. Like, if for people who are going to this particular conference, type system is huge, right? Read up on Hindley yeah. Milner type system. Read up on the whole Elixir type updates and talk to Jose. You might just get a fifteen minute conversation. <laughs> If people yeah, already really? talked to him, he, I'm sure he, he'll be excited to talk about type system if you have ideas and stuff. So read up on that. That's how you prepare if you want to have that long conversation with Jose. <laughs> yeah, I, the type system that he presented at LexiConf is really interesting. Yeah. I like that they really thought about this a lot. And they're like, well, but what about this? And what about that? And they came up with some really interesting ideas. And I like that they're kind of like, all right, this may be dropped. But basically, I feel like they're pretty far along. I don't know how they can drop it. It, it, It's definitely possible to drop, right? But yeah, it's definitely interesting. You know, there's a really interesting talk that was done between Francesco and Robert Verding that was done recently. Hmm. Have you watched that one yet? I did not, no. They go into like the history of the Beam and other languages in the Beam ecosystem and what everybody's doing and, and all this kind of stuff. And I think they actually go over why the Beam is untyped already. I forgot what it was, but it was quite interesting to hear. It's like, oh, really? Okay, that makes sense. I forgot what it was now, but it, it, it was, they, they go over some pretty interesting stuff. That's why I like to listen to these talks by the original people because you start to get some more history and then you can hear, oh, so that's why things are like this because of that. Yeah. Like you hear the history and you can start to match things up. Yeah. But coming back to, to the conference right now, so now that we have I mean, we, we had Elixir Conference finished. I think watching those, if you're going to go to CodeBeam, I think watching the Elixir Conf videos will get you up to speed with most of the important stuff happening in, in Elixir at the time. So then when you get there, you'll be able to understand what's going on. I also know that at the same time, they're going to be having Rabbit MQ Conference the same day, like the last day of the conference. Oh, really? And yeah, I'm not sure if you can pop over to the other side or not with the same ticket. Maybe you can. I'm, I'm not too sure. But that would be interesting to see because I'm kind of curious about how that's going to look like Rabbit MQ Conference. Because yeah. Is it called the Summit? I'm not too sure. Yeah, yeah, I think it's called the Summit. I've been to one of them. It, oh, it's happening in Berlin too. I see. Same, yeah, same, it's, same. It's one of the same days, and I think they split the wow. or something. So wow. that would be really interesting to see what that even looks like. Because Rabbit yeah. 2 is something that goes across all communities rather than just Beam only, right? So Right. I mean, but mostly I think uh, Beam fanatics do end up using Rabbit because it's obviously it's like written in yeah. Erlang. So yeah, very so cool. If you can actually pop over, that'd be interesting to see. And I don't know who else is going to be there. It's yeah, I actually fun. think some of the architectural talks in RabbitMQ conference and last year I attended that was a summit. It was pretty good. So I actually enjoyed the talks. It's obviously lesser talks. It only goes for day right but i thought they were pretty high quality actually was volunteering and got a ticket for free so it was, it was really good yeah i'll see if we can hop over to the other side because that would be interesting to kind of see what what that community yeah. looks like and i can imagine like the talks about you know how to put everything together would be very interesting to see yeah yeah i would definitely check out uh, I, I know vmware they had there's a speaker of vmware here i don't know what particular talk they're giving i know vmware uses rabbit mq like crazy they have a i think their cluster has tens of millions of consumers <laughs> so yeah i would definitely check there and cloud mqp obviously is there too yeah i think the talks look pretty good glad you glad you mentioned this alan i didn't know i had no idea this was happening next month yeah because i stopped by early in solutions and, and was talking to some of them over there and 
they're obviously heavily involved with the conference. Yeah. They let me know. And I was like, oh, I, I had no idea, <laughs> to be honest. Nice. So it would be interesting to see, uh, you know, how who's going to go to that kind of event. It'd be cool if we could mix those together to have some kind of mixer. But I don't know. I didn't hear anything about that part. Yeah. There would be some interesting things to discuss with people who are very heavily invested in RabbitMQ. And there could be some cross, like people getting into the Beam because of it, right? Yeah. And people who actually use the Beam and don't use Rabbit, but maybe like I use Rabbit a lot when I was actually communicating between like systems of different languages. I thought it was pretty easy right. to send, you know, send messages across that way. Yeah. That, I mean, it's always, always a great tool. I think, I think it's got some problems with scaling, obviously, but it takes a lot of effort <laughs> compared to maybe Kafka or something. But yeah, I think, I think it's, pretty, it's a pretty good solution. Yeah, I, I think I would also, man, I was going to check if there's any from anyone from, the AW, from AWS giving talk, because I know AWS is uh, using Erlang and Elixir heavily for RabbitMQ. Their uh, MQ team is heavily using it, but I don't see any speakers from there. But yeah, it's anyway, that, that's great to know that uh, RabbitMQ conference is happening. Yeah, I see one, somebody from VMware over here, so that'd be interesting. Nice. Morgan, that's also interesting. Bloomberg, MS, Microsoft. That sounds interesting too. Well, you did, did you check all the speakers? Because there's more than just on the first page. There's not that many more though. Only one day, so I guess they can't have that many people. Yeah, I would definitely check out the Cloud MQB people and the VMware people. They are the, they are the ones who use it. Obviously, Cloud MQB is the craziest one. <laughs> and so is VMware, but yeah, those, those two are pretty awesome. Yeah, I'll see if I can say hello to these people. Maybe they'll, I'll see them around. I don't know. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to the conference. I mean, I don't. I need to actually see who's actually going. Who would be? I'm def. I'm for sure. Jose will be there for sure. Yeah, I think uh, Jose is there. Andrea's there. Sasha, Yurik is there. Quinn is there. Some really awesome people. All of these are really, really awesome people. Brandon Thomas, yeah, Quinn, like you said. Andrea, Sasha, that'd be nice. Sasha, Yurik, and then I think the other Sasha from here will, might be there. I haven't got confirmation yet. Yeah, I've not heard a lot from Michal, I'm a scholar lately, but he, he looks like he's there too. Nice. He's not too far away from there, so he's in Poland, yeah. right? so it should be easy for him to get over there. Yeah, yeah some really awesome people. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. be nice to meet some of these people that don't often cross over the sea, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so we kind of went over some of the etiquette. We went over, you know, some of... Some of the people to talk to, some people going over there. I mean, do, is there anything else we're missing that you know people should be you know, how to prepare themselves for the the, the event or is there anything else? Oh yeah, I guess one thing to keep in mind. I know a lot of talks happen in parallel, right? And you're like, oh, which one you should attend and stuff. Uh, don't worry too much about it because there's this like Hoova app that you can download that will keep the talks up on your account for I think enough time that you can like go back home, go back and watch it. So say there's like talk A and talk B happening at the same time. You watch talk B, but the talk talk A's recording will be there for like two days. You can like go back and watch it in the app. So just letting people know that I, I was I was pretty oh shoot this is a tough tough choice, but you know and, and it is a tough choice if you want to interact with both speakers. But there's you can always watch the talks later. All right. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to seeing all the talks. I don't think I'll get to go to any of the uh, trainings. When, I mean, Robert Birding is one of the trainers. So that would have been interesting. Same with Francesco. So that would have been fun to see from the take, I mean. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if we don't have anything else to say, I think we can transition over to picks if you're, if you're good to go. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. For me, I've been trying to, I've been looking at this thing for a while and I've decided to go ahead and bite the bullet because I'm doing a little bit of traveling recently. I had an issue where I wanted to connect to an account and I didn't have another device with me that I needed to to connect with. I don't know if you ever tried like like YouTube is for sure one. Like if you try to log in with Google, then they make you on one of your phones like, you know, like press accept that it's you trying to log in. And I didn't have that phone with me. And so I looked at this thing called YubiKey. Have you ever heard of YubiKey before? Yeah, I've been using it for a few years, man. 
Yeah. So I'm finally, I finally bought, I bought two of them because I said that you should probably have two. Like one All this two. Yep. Yeah. That's what I heard. Like I was planning to buy one, but then like I saw Apple requires you to have two and then everybody's like, yeah, you should have a backup. And so I, I bought two and I'm looking forward to trying it out. Like everybody who I've heard from said that, yeah, YubiKey is the king and it's awesome product and you've been using it. So it sounds like it's really worth it, right? Oh, definitely. Um, very much worth it. I think there's so many, the whole, uh, the key algorithm and the key formula, like the both public and private key of YubiKey, you can also extract it out of the key, encrypt it and push it to GitHub. That's another way to back it up. But yeah, there's like so many tutorials of doing this now. It's a YubiKey is the best uh, way of doing the two-factor authentication and make sure to get one with the, what is called, like the, the NFS, right? Uh, I forget the name, the, the NFC, right? And the near field, near field communication, right? Right, yeah. So you can tap it on your phone too, but yeah. Yeah, I was, I mean, because I'm actually looking to upgrade my iPhone soon. I actually bought it, wait for it to come in. So I got the uh, 5C and so there's a 5CI where one of, where like the other end is uh, lightning, but now that I'm going to get the 15, so I just got mm. the 5C. So it's just a single USB-C and I got a new MacBook Pro that's all USB-C. So I thought, okay, it's perfect and also has NFC on it. So nice. do whatever. Yeah. So that's that's something I'm going to play around with. And I'm still thinking like, should I only use it for two-factor? Because I saw that you can also use a password list. So I'm like, uh, do I really want to do that? Maybe not. Get used to it first. What's going to happen? Yeah. yeah, I use YubiKey as a encryption key as well for certain yeah, things. Yeah, I saw it works with OpenPGP and you yep. can sign your commits and everything. Yep, else. exactly. All right. So that's why I'm also thinking it could be useful for, for work stuff also. Yeah, great pick. I guess uh, we talk about conferences and stuff, and I think I've already had this pick before, but a reminder, SpawnFest happening a week after, I think, these uh, conferences. So the registration is still on. Uh, so if you guys want to hack over the weekend of 28th and 29th of October. Sign up. Like I said, there's so many prices and stuff. The likelihood is if you do something half decent, you'll probably end up winning something. And also, if you have friends and stuff you want to code with, it's a great opportunity to do that while also winning something. Okay. And this one, you don't have to go anywhere, right? It's all online? It's all online, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't SpawnFest where they have like Elixir desktop come out of? Oh, yeah. I think they have... I don't know if it's a desktop necessarily, but yeah, they have they've had a lot. Uh, Mech, I guess, one library, the mocking library, right? It came out of SpawnFest 2020, 2019. But yeah, they, okay. they have had a lot of libraries come out of that. Yeah, I could say there's definitely some interesting stuff that comes out of it. So that's that's pretty cool. Like, what kinds of prizes are they are they actually going to be handing out? So it's like we got annual subscription to Grox.io. We got Amazon gift card. Uh, last two times I participated, I won something both the times and it was amazon gift cards uh yeah that's the best that's the best uh price right <laughs> yeah i suppose so i it's a 750 dollars in amazon gift card so it must not be a huge amount you get in amazon i think yeah i mean if you, if you split amongst three people and if you win multiple because there's multiple categories right if yeah. you win multiple it can add up so yeah it's just me and my wife participating this time so we'll hopefully we'll win something going to vacation on that or what no, it's just hang out. Like she, she has an elixir in a bit. She just she transitioned to engineering a little over two years ago, and I helped her with some elixir, and she was learning very quickly. But then she got a Ruby job, and you know it's just hard to learn outside a, outside a job. So she wants to get back into elixir. I'm like, let's do a spawn fest together. So yeah. Oh, that's that's romantic. You gotta be you gotta be, you gotta be uh, careful though, right? I don't know what kind of team teammate she is, but you know, ah, uh, she's. It's always it's always tricky to find a good teammate. She's a yeah. We are pretty pretty much in sync with how we do things. We 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 work really well as a team. 
Luckily. You're going to submit your own framework, right? My own framework. <laughs> I mean, you wrote the book on it, didn't you? Not? Oh, no. Yeah, that, yeah, not that. But, but if we have a, it's, it should be something that she, we, we work from scratch, right? Otherwise, it, that, that should be fair. We should start from zero. And something that also my wife is interested in. So we will probably just build a Phoenix app, keep it simple. Yeah. Because if it's complex, you know, I, I don't want to be the only one coding and her to not enjoy. That defeats the point. All right. Well, it was good to have you on. It's interesting to talk about, you know, how conferences are because not everybody gets to go. Kind of yeah. interesting. And if it's your first time, it'd be good to hear about, you know, what the experience is like. And I think we got that out to out to the listener. That's the most important part. For sure. Yeah. Please, please, everyone attend conferences. It's the best part is when you come back, you feel so motivated. So, yeah. And again, I'll be at Codebeam. Uh, now that you remind me, I'll try to get some stickers. Maybe I'll, I'll get them in time to uh, pass them out if you're curious. And with that, see you guys next time. Bye.